The Rebel Leadership Podcast, a refreshing take on authentic leadership told through real stories. Let's smash the status quo and change how leaders lead once and for all. Hard work. It's often connected to producing things that you can see or feel. When you're shifting from the ultimate producer of things to the leader of people, it's uncomfortable. What you once described as hard work, physically producing deliverables and tangible things, now becomes putting in the time and effort onto becoming a better person, a better leader of people. In today's episode of the Rebel Leadership Podcast, I'm talking to Colleen Luby, the Director of Brand Strategy at Rebel Interactive Group. She is actively experiencing a cerebral transformation, going from the producer of great things to the leader of great people. Her story is relevant and real. Listen, reflect, and embrace your next aha moment. Let's back up in your story. Okay. Because you are an absolute powerhouse producer. Oh, stop. But, but you are. <laughs> Thank you. You're a Thank powerhouse you. strategic producer of high quality work. And I'll never forget the first time we worked together on a deliverable. And you were challenging my perspectives in a really fresh, smart way and you were unafraid like my title had nothing to do with it which I love <laughs> You're you were just <laughs> but you were just you you were creative you. and confident and a strong strong polished voice um and that seeps through all the deliverables that you touch as a producer and then recently we promoted you yes. to lead a team of people and there's a pivot point that happens when that happens the person because yes, you no is. longer go from highest value doing it yourself you go from highest value getting your team to produce at the level that you are producing yes so talk to me about your personal journey in going through this transition in life yeah it's actually really interesting the way that you phrase that especially from the beginning of me that's how I used to value myself right I've always valued that about myself I will work late. I will work hard. And it's always been, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I will do it. If someone else can't do it, I'll do it. Working hard was a value that I've been brought up with my entire life. My father was that way. It's just something that I've always felt was a pillar of my personal character. But because of that, I have historically measured myself kind of parallel with the work that I can produce and the amount that I can. And what was interesting is throughout my career, I found that Though my strategic thinking has gotten more concise and though I've workshopped with minds, I mean, I've had bosses and mentors that have been just incredibly special to me. And I didn't realize until now what they were really doing for me by helping hone my own particular characteristics and qualities when it came to strategic thinking. But coming out of that realization um, is kind of this entire epiphany we're talking about today. So in the beginning, there I was just cooking away, making all types of different deliverables, just trying at least, (laughs) trying as best I could, working with people internally, having a blast. And you got credibility that way. I did, yeah. So that was important. to see it, exactly. And it was really rewarding for me. But I felt like this strange emptiness that's really hard to describe. I would high octane, create this deliverable, beautiful. I'd work with these minds at Rebel who are just brilliant And I would see the work that I did and I would hear the client cry when we presented it to them and it would give me a great, just this feeling of elation. Mm -hmm. Then it was gone. And then I felt empty. 
like, where was it? And, and then you're like, was, oh, wait, let me get to the next high, which right. is the next deliverable. So I found myself chasing these personal highs in the forms of deliverables or strategic initiatives or, you know, you name it. I was trying to find it because yep. I couldn't grasp the idea that there was, a, there was an end in sight. Just continue to rotate that wheel. Right? And it's interesting because in a leadership role, you can feel it when somebody's on the verge of a life change. And with you, you could see your spark right from the minute we met you. I remember your interview, oh, man. But <laughs> but it's true. I'm not just praising you. I'm I'm explaining that like there's a vibe there that we could feel, and it was like emanating out of you, and it was radiant and lovely and smart and confident and strong. It was like just a dynamic personality, and throughout those cycles of that rush and the low and the peaks and the values that you just described, you could actually see it in your body language. We could feel it in your reactions to people. We could see it in how you're handling situations that you wouldn't have handled um, that way in, in the past. Oh no, I've been, I've historically hotheaded for sure. Hot-headed. Up until very, yeah. All right, you, you know, said it, I wasn't going to say No, hundred <laughs> percent. And I think it's because I valued my own personal production so highly that if something went wrong or if, anything could have gone wrong and it was a personal slight and it has since changed. And that is, I guess, where the pivot happened. So let's talk about that moment because you were describing to me something your team did for you. Yes. That was like this profound change in how you saw yourself and the value that you get in work. Describe that specific moment. I'm going to try not to cry right now. Well, so that specific moment was the culmination of a couple different moments in my life. And one of those was being given a team. So the leadership at Rebel gave me a team and allowed me to lead that team. And when I got these people, I really had only worked with them once or twice here and there and was kind of like, oh my God, what do I do with all these people? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel nervous about this. I had managed people in the past, but it had been a while. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do I do? And I remember I was sitting, I talked to my, one of my aunts about this, um, She's like a personal hero. And she told me, she's like, well, what you have to do is you have to have real conversations about what they care about and start to learn who they are as people. And from that moment, I sat down and I looked at the strengths and weaknesses of my team. And I was like, I'm going to talk to all these people and find out where they want to go so we can see where they are and how we're going to move forward. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. But I started having real authentic conversations with the people that reported into me. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I started reading this book. And I think we referenced this book yeah. quite a bit internally. It's I'm actually called, reading it right now. Are you? I'm so mm-hmm. glad you picked it up. It's mm-hmm. called Leaders Eat Last by Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. And if you know me at all, I'm a brand girl. I love Simon Sinek. He revolutionized the way that I thought about brand, the way that my mentors have thought about brand. He's a visionary. And this book is no shortage of that visionary talent. And he talks about in the book what he calls the circle of safety. And that is creating an environment in which your team can thrive. And he uses an example of this guy. He was a Marine, and he was covering ground troops in Afghanistan. And he just had this feeling that they were in trouble, even though he couldn't see them underneath the cloud cover. And he came under the cloud cover and saw his men being attacked on all sides. So as a leader, without being told, he covered them from the sky so that the people on the ground could come together, work together, and be able to defeat people who are actively hunting them down. Mm-hmm. Business is a lot like that. If you have a leader that can come in and give you 
cover from the sky and make you feel like you're in a circle of safety, the people reporting into you can feel trust within each other without anxiety and cortisol production, mm-hmm. and then they can work together to solve problems effectively. Yeah, it's a really that powerful covered concept. from the sky. Right. So I started reading that. And then kind of all these things came together, and I started looking at everything differently, and I realized it's not as fulfilling to produce work yourself as it is to watch your team produce work that you couldn't do. Well, they gave you... They did. A gift. <laughs> yes, they did. And what was that gift? So a couple of my team members, I'm not going to say their names because I said that yeah, I wouldn't, but I saw okay. them before I got in here, and they were like, oh, and I was like, don't make me cry. They gave me completely by surprise, a card with a gift card to Purgatory, a coffee place uh, down the road, and a plant. And within the card, there was a message that just said something to the tune of, you are an incredibly supportive manager, and we couldn't be where we are without you. And I am trying not to cry right now, but I definitely cried when I read it. They cried. They gave me a plant. And I walked away from that thinking, this is what I want to do forever. I want to help create leaders. And that is the new euphoria that you'll, you'll find in leadership. It is crazy. There is something to, I don't want any of the people that report into me to stop where I'm at. I want to clear the runway for all of them so that they can fly higher than me and do better things than me. And that hopefully someday in the future can say, you know, I had this boss once and think about me. And that would be more rewarding than any deliverable I've ever done. And it's so interesting when you talk about that mentor fondly. One of the yeah. first things you said on this, what he gave you was the gift to grow. Yes. Was that he didn't do it for you. Correct. And that is something that took learning from like personal learning as a manager to realize is that one of the a, a great quality, in my opinion, of a great manager is just clearing the runway mm-hmm. and saying, okay fly. I'll give you the tools you need, but I know you can do it. I have faith that you can do it. So do it. And if you can't, I'm here to catch you. And also challenge them along the way. Yes. Make it better. And that's something I learned from you actually was, you know, that work on a couple different deliverables where you challenge the team without doing it yourself. You said, I really love the way you're going with this. Have you thought about this? Go back and do it again. And you weren't afraid to say that. And because you were so candid, they did. And they were excited about it. Yep. So that is something that I love that I've seen you do and that I hope to do more. Thank you. But it, it, And it comes through practice. Like I was not that person. I was actually much more like you than you could ever realize. <laughs> like I was the producer too. So I very much understand that pivot point of leadership when you realize, why do I feel so much more fulfilled when I see someone else do an exceptional job. It used to be about like being so proud of yourself all the time for these little micro moments. But then there's no one to share that success in. Yeah. And it's so much more fulfilling to watch the long-term journey of someone who's reporting into you than it is to watch a one-week deliverable that goes to a client. Agreed. Like it is just But without those, you wouldn't have gotten here. Yeah. So it is part of your story. It's part of your journey. Mm-hmm. And all of those little, all the reactions, big and small, euphoric or pissed off, like all of those things go into that transformation moment that you just experienced. Yeah. So now 
So now you're getting this gift from them. You're having this like emotional reaction of like this powerful feeling of this is what I want to go do. So now describe what it has been like since that moment. Oh my God. It's been, it's been incredible. Actually, I was able to sit down and plot out goals with each member of my team who felt extremely valued because of it. I've had people come up to me and say, Hey, I've heard that you're a really great manager. That is so, I love to hear that. It makes me like a little sheepish for sure, but, um, it's nice to hear. And even more gratifying for me is that I've watched people that report into me do what I was doing produce high quality deliverables, become challenged. And then one of the women who's reporting into me is now managing another person. That is awesome. That is so cool. It is. And another thing that Simon Sinek talks about is um, kind of groupthink. So in the wild, when you have a gazelle who senses a threat, perceived or real, and just kind of like comes to and starts to freak out, and then everyone around them freak out. You see that with children. One child screams, all the rest of them scream, even though they never saw anything. So watching... This mindset, even in myself from an outsider point of view, being like, I am actually more compassionate and I'm trying to teach more compassion and I'm, I'm starting to see it ripple into my team. I, was a, I took a call with them the other day. I was talking about how to express frustration and one of my friends at Rebel sent me a, a Slack and just said, are you doing something on frustration right now? That's <laughs> hilarious. And I got off the call and she said to me, she's like, no, actually it makes sense because you're a great person to talk about how to change being frustrated. So that was a cool moment for me too. Because since then, for real though, I've seen you change. Like you seem happier. I am. satisfied. I am. Like there's not this relentless search for what's next. It's like this presence. Yes. That is uh, not necessarily more gentle, but just more at ease. You know, it's, I was actually thinking about this as I walked over here. It's become more for me when I'm stuck or I'm having a really crappy day or a bad week or whatever it is, or I feel stressed. I think about, I've always been this way. Like, all right, Colleen, think about what matters. And what mattered before was what matters? How am I going to get it done? How am I going to be the best? How am I going to do this? Now it's, all right, well, think about what matters. How are Kiri and Maddie doing? How are, how are my employees doing? How are people that are reporting to me doing? Are they stressed? Are they happy? And I mean, I saw some of them this morning laughing joking around, talking about whatever it was, just really thriving together, and they're obviously happy. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters. So my stress isn't even really a thing anymore. It's so, weird. No, it's fascinating. <laughs> it's really, really weird. And right before we, we clicked record on this today, we were talking about um, micro moments of interactions. Yes. And that you talk about that hard work from before. Mm-hmm. It's different hard work. After oh this God. pivot point to leadership. 100%. Describe what we mean by that difference in hard work. Well, the difference in hard work is being called, so being a leader, like why do we have leaders, right? The ethos of that book. Leaders eat last because without people to lead and to show compassion to everyone around them, you kind of be a free-for-all, right? But there are certain people who are leaders and certain people that aren't, and that's a choice, right? So... Those micro moments that are challenging now are not based on just me working and the amount of capacity I have or the amount of capacity, you know, the person I'm partnering with this project. I was never even good at group projects in college. Mm -hmm. But now those difficulties are how can I handle this situation in a way that's going to inspire my team if they're going to ever see it? 
so that they know what it's like to have a good interaction versus one that I would have had X amount of years ago, a hot-headed, terrible reaction. So it's that pressure, not even pressure. It's a higher expectation of excellence, but only because you want to be a role model, not because you want recognition. And it's arguably harder work on yourself. It is. I don't have any kids, but I feel very much like a parent sometimes to my team and even to just people at the company, people who need a mentor or need, a, need to talk to someone. And it's how would I want to be seen by everyone else? Do I want to be the gazelle that thinks they hear a sound and everyone else freaks out? Or do I want to be the person who says, no, it's all good, guys. No matter what you have going on, I will support you. We will get through this together. We will adjust timelines. I will take on part of that project. We are going to get through this. That support system, I know that they know they can depend on me. Yep. And that is incredibly rewarding. But to build that, those micro moments are super important. It is because it's all in the work ethic back to yourself. The, the relentlessness of looking in the mirror at how you handled every interaction throughout your day. Yes. And it's hard. I, m- I mess up all the time, constantly. I could have handled a situation today better. And you better. forever will. Yeah. You forever will. And that's scary too, no right? No one is perfect in yeah. these roles and leadership especially. It is about how you're coming across in every interaction, no matter what. And you asked me, um, like, is my reaction in this coddling or when am I going to be too firm? Or there's all those questions and there is no right answer. It's about what feels authentic to you. Yes. Authentic. And, and how do you want to take that breath in the moment and then respond in the, in the, who you want to be and emanate that. And that's where the hard work gets put in. Yeah. And it's weird because being authentic is really important. You don't want to be seen as a fake leader no. who's spewing inspirational quotes all over the wall like mm-hmm. it's going out of style. You want to be yourself. And that requires actually changing yourself. And that's what's crazy. Mm-hmm. I remember I used to think of myself as a type of manager that was just like a producer. I remember I said this to you once a long time ago, wartime general. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm in the trenches with my men. That's how I lead people. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be no. that way. Instead, you can say, you guys got this. I'm here, but you don't need me. Yep. Because think about they want to shine and, and they show should. you that they did. That's also your your uh, correlation back to parenthood. Yeah. You don't want to do it for them. If you tie That's their crazy. shoes for them forever, they're never going to tie their shoes. Right. And I have full faith that they can, you know, of and course they can, because you've taught them, you've shown them the way. And there's a point in time when you have to realize that your value is more in stepping back and letting them shine than it is you swooping in and doing it for them. And that realization was the catalyst, I think, for this entire thing was that I would rather everyone and anyone who interacts with me doesn't even have to be someone who reports to me directly, truly feels supported no matter what. And that support is how you can help people succeed. Because if you can remove the stress out of someone, mm-hmm. if you can take away, oh my God, what if I fail? Oh my God, what if I make a mistake? And instead you're supportive and you say, hey, if you do, it's fine. We got this. We will troubleshoot it together and find out. Now, let your potential soar. I want to hear your crazy s- ideas. Right. You're letting them see what they're capable of. And it's so crazy. That it's like, I just mission. never, oh my God. And I'm absolutely not done growing either, but I just, I think back but to that first mentor. He would have been, 
he would have been proud of me, I think, which is cool. Let's go back to your analogy about the um, air cover. Yeah. Pilot. Yeah. Because there's, there's a nuance to that situation that was like that wartime general coming through in how you told that story. Yes. Because when I heard that same story, I'm listening to the audiobook, Leaders Eat Last. When I heard that story, it was about anticipation to swoop in, swoop out, clear the path, just like you said. But there are battles that the troops also need to fight themselves. Yeah. And, and it is not just about like, I have your back, you do you, and I'm going to fight all these things for you. Mm-hmm. Right? It's, there's a lot of cerebral, emotional, rational conversations that you're having as the leader swooping in and out to make sure you know when is it time for me to handle this and when is this time that I need to push them to handle this themselves. I like that. Yeah. That is really funny because the way that I kind of identify with that is I will clear the air so that they are, the stress is gone so that they can come together as a team and figure it out. That's really interesting. But in stress is when you learn. Yeah. And it's not that we ever want to max somebody out. No. And burn someone out. That's not the goal. It's just we want them to grow. Yeah. And through that challenge, through stress sometimes, through an urgent deadline or a stressful situation with a peer, it is far better for you to coach them to handle it themselves because they have to buckle up and have a hard conversation themselves. It is far better than you coming in and doing it for them. Yeah. And that, I think, is the next evolution of my leadership journey totally. is, you know, I, I've swung, I am very protective as a person. I've been protective my whole life of people I care about, my sister, everyone. Mm-hmm. So the coaching that I give is like, you know, I'm, I give like pretty good coaching. I'd like to think, mm-hmm. but enabling, not enabling, but empowering people that report into me to have these hard conversations without me as the training wheels is going to be the next piece. I can feel it. And there'll be the next piece and the next piece and the next piece and the next piece. And it never ends, but that's the fun of it. Like that's the, your new deliverable. I was just just going to say that's the deliverable. That's so funny. I was literally just going to say that. (laughs) There's your new up and down. Oh my God. And it's just like, I can't wait to see them shine. I said, I said jokingly, I was like, you don't even need me guys. You don't. I'm just here. I'm just here, you know, with the, with the pom-poms in the back. You'll always be their cheerleader. A hundred percent. And I've said that too. I was like, you can go. 10 years from now, you can be on LinkedIn doing whatever you want. I'm going to be in the comments. Yay. Good job. Oh my God. I'm so proud. A hundred percent. Soccer mom in the back. Pom poms. (laughs) 